0: I'm welcoming Jonathan Aung. He is from 10X Capital. He's also a co-author of a terrific book that really started our whole journey together of uh, expand your circle of competence. I remember you you sent it my way, actually. It landed on my desk. (laughs) And I thought this is a really good book. I need to meet the men behind it. So today we're talking about debunking the common myths when it comes to investing. Very good. You don't want to go in blind. We're also going to learn some lessons from the legends. I always think, you know, they've come before us, they've walked before us. What are some things we can learn from Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, some other great money managers out there. We're going to get some nuggets for you. And we'll look at the latest technological advancements uh, that have made new forms of investments easy. But what are the risks involved? We're going to find out. Jonathan, how was your weekend?
1: My weekend has been great. In fact, we just came out from a book club where all of us, we we read one chapter of a book yep. and everyone comes together and they'll summarize the entire book. So, essentially, you're just reading one chapter and you're leveraging on everyone else's time and within a day, you complete a book. And we're all very lazy people but we work smart.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Even your book club works on the principle of leverage. I like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have limited time.
0: <laughs> it's just genius. Oh my goodness. I was at a book club we did things the old-fashioned way. Everybody read the book and oh, talked about it. I'm okay. going to suggest this though. Read a chapter. Okay, John. First up, you know, we like to give listeners more than their money's worth with this program, Money & Me. So last week, we talked about things you need to know before you start investing. Do you want to give us a bit of a recap?
1: I think really the essence of last week is to say, you know, before investing, you got to know what you're investing in. And, you know, most of the time people lose money because, for example, when they buy a stock, they don't even know what the company is doing. And I think if you read about all the gurus, all the investing legends, they all talk about this same thing, knowing what you're doing and knowing your down. Side. so once you take care of your downside your returns will automatically come
0: very good advice know what you're doing so know the company understand <laughs> why you're buying i mean yeah, i hear that often when i ask people don't you buy crypto and they say no i don't understand crypto so i just don't buy it
1: yeah right? i think that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah okay but bitcoin has breached the eleven thousand dollar mark
1: it's fine <laughs>
0: we'll get into that another day. What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles that stop a person from even starting investment?
1: I feel that it's really a lot of uncertainty about knowing what you're doing that stops a lot of people to do investing. For example, I think even in media, we have Hong Kong drama shows showing people committing suicide when they lose money in the stock market. So there's this perceived impression that the stock market is risky. Mm. And I think it's this uh, lack of knowledge that uh, investing can really be safe if you know what you're doing that is stopping a lot of people from taking action to you know getting started in investing
0: the thing is it seems like there's no shallow side of the pool to tread in with investing it seems like there's so many variables so many unknowns the nomenclature is different Uh, you know there's a lot to take in so maybe one step at a time your book is a great place to start as well expand your circle of competence or you can download the series yes and get going yes and today you're going to give us some concrete advice as well and uh, today we're talking about lessons from the legends so is it true that from what we see of the legends that you need to take a high risk to earn a high return
1: right i think this is a very very common misconception in fact a most common myth that you know when you tell your friends oh i want to find a company that can do me 15 percent every single year and the first thing they'll tell you isn't high return equals to high risk so i just want to debunk this myth today because Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. I know this is very cliche, but let me give you some examples. Right? We have very, very common companies around us, companies that we know that are doing well. For example, do you have a MasterCard? I do. You have? Uh, have you visited McDonald's for the past year? I have not. Oh.
0: Sorry, I'll pretend. <laughs> I know people who have.
1: Yeah. Three all right. times a week. Have you tried Domino's Pizza before? Indeed. Yes. Right. So these are companies that are doing really, really well. They are expanding. They have uh, increased their outreach through their franchises. For example, for McDonald's and Domino's Pizza, they're earning more and more money every single year. So when you buy stocks of MasterCard, McDonald's or Domino's Pizza, you're essentially buying these companies. And let me just give you some numbers, right? MasterCard has gone up 18 times since 2008. So in a 10 year period, it has went up 18 times. Investing 10 $10,000 who have given you $180,000. McDonald's have went out 3.8 times for the past 10 years. And Domino's Pizza, 40 times. since twenty oh nine. These are companies that have given really pretty high return to an investor. So the question is: Are these companies therefore risky? Right. So I just want to ask you know, for a company like Domino's Pizza, if they can really do really well, they can earn more and more money every single year. They open more and more outlets. They they create more earnings and cash flow for the business. How can this business be deemed risky? Right. Even though it has given you forty times, forty x your money for the past 10 years. So investing $10,000 will have given you $400,000 for the past 10 years. So how can this be risky when the underlying business is growing so well, is doing so well, it doesn't have much debt, cash flow is good, earnings are good. This is really a classical example of having little risk but very high returns. So as long as you get educated, you know what to look out for in a good company, you can actually have lower risk and high returns.
0: That's great. Three concrete examples there of lower risk, incredible returns. My goodness, 18 yeah. to 40, did you say? Yes. Whew, wow, that's great. Very, John, very high. That really is. <laughs> um, many people fear investing. We're talking about uh, debunking the myths first uh, of investing. We've gone through one, the risk factor. A lot of people think you've got to be really smart to get into investing. It's a lot of brain power, you know? Right understanding the different uh, annual reports and just figuring out, like you say, you need to know whether a company is growing or where its debt levels are. And this seems quite daunting. What do you say to people who say it's too difficult?
1: Usually I say investing is hard but not complicated. I know this is a bit like oxymoron, but let me explain. For example, everyone knows you got to keep fit. Everyone knows that, you know, you got to be healthy and everyone knows how to be healthy. So you just got to go get your exercise and just got to eat right. These two simple things, right? It's not complicated. But it's hard. It's simple, but
0: it's not easy.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's hard, but it's not complicated. Anyone can do it. Just (laughs) that it requires that discipline. So this is the same as investing, right? It's hard due to the discipline of it. Meaning you always got to do your due diligence before buying your companies. You always got to be on on your ball when you put your money into something. But the beautiful thing about investing is the hard part is always at the start. It's not like getting fit. You know, you've got to do it forever. But investing, the hard part is only at the start. Maybe for the first few weeks when you do your due diligence, you understand about the company. Thereafter, you only got to look at your company once every three months.
0: Oh, don't watch the pot boil.
1: (laughs) By investing and getting yourself to overcome this one week, right? Is it worth it? Like, you, you could be getting companies like Domino's Pizza 40X. You could be getting MasterCard 18X. Just by doing this first two weeks of due diligence, you could be getting these kind of companies. Yeah, so I think it's definitely worth it. It's hard, but it's not complicated. So, even Charlie Munger says that, no, you don't really need a lot of IQ when you do investing. Yeah. And, you know, Kelvin, I just want to share Kelvin's story because he has been very inspiring for me. Yeah, please. Sir. A lot of people think that Kelvin is very outstanding in his academics back then, but he actually came from normal academic when he was in secondary school. He wasn't an express kid. He wasn't the smartest. He wasn't the brightest. But he worked consistently. He consistently groomed himself and he became financially free by 25, 26. Yeah. Sense. So if Kelvin can do it, I'm sure anyone out there who has the heart to master this skill can do it.
0: I love that story. Kelvin, by the way, is the <laughs> other guest that we have. We usually have uh, Kelvin together with John on a program. But Kelvin's sick. He's down with a flu bug today. I never knew that about Kelvin. Yeah, that's just yes. tremendous. You mentioned it's a you know, beautiful game. And like football, people think it's all random where the yes. stock prices are going. So how can you actually know
1: What you're doing. Right. I think the most common phrase about this myth is that, you know, something goes up must definitely come down. It seems like the stock market is very, very random. Mm. So, I would say it is true only in the short term. It seems like in the short run, the company's stock prices moves randomly up and down, up and down. What goes up must come down. Mm. But if you look in the long term, for example, like look at the stocks that I mentioned just now, MasterCard, Domino's Pizza. Why are the stock prices going up? Why is it uptrend in the long run? Yes, in the short run, there'll be some up and downs. But generally in the long run, the trend is always upwards because their earnings are always increasing. Go and look at any company who has been increasing their earnings Their stock price in the long run definitely will always be an uptrend.
0: Okay, my next question, I have to first set into context. You mentioned Domino's Pizza. I immediately looked them up. If I wanted to (laughs) buy them, I'd have to have $278.26 for each share. That's a lot of money. That's US dollars, by the way, since it's trading on New York Stock Exchange. Um, Do you need a lot of money to get your investment going? I think for a successful investment.
1: I think uh, for certain stocks, yes, for example, you have Amazon that goes like $1,000 for a stock. You have, for example, Domino's Pizza, $200 for a stock. But the beautiful thing about the stock market in the US is that the minimum amount of stocks you can buy is one. So you don't need to have, for example, uh, for Domino's Pizza, you don't need to have $27,000. You don't need to have like hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can just buy one. Yes, just buy one stock of Domino's Pizza. In fact, I have friends in university who has approached me because I'm kind of the go-to guy in university to go get started investing and I have friends who start with $100 so if my friends who are young they have no job no income they can start with $100 anyone can seriously
0: anybody can do it anyone
1: can just get started
0: so you can buy one stock on if you want to trade in the US yes one unit
1: in Singapore it's 100 right 100 yeah so in Singapore they reduce the barrier in fact from 1000 stocks to 100 stocks so god bless the exchange. Thank you, Singapore Stock Exchange for making it so accessible.
0: (laughs) Do you think you have to keep track of financial news to stay on top of the investment game?
1: Yeah, that's a very, very good question. In fact, recently I just uh, read this book called F Wall Street. It was the book that we were having a book club on and this is a very uh, successful uh, fund manager and so what he says is that when you start investing you're going to have friends who's going to start asking you what do you think about the trade war? What do you think about the rising interest rates? What do you think about this and that and it might make you feel embarrassed not to know it. But the thing is, does all this news really matter? What matters is you got to know whether your company can earn more money. You got to know if your company can launch more products. You got to know how your company plans to grow for the next 5 to 10 years these are more relevant questions as compared to you know trying to guess oh is the interest rate going to rise this will take up a lot of brain power and it's not going to be relevant and be very crucial in you succeeding you know, investments results even Warren Buffett says that and most of the top value investors in the world they don't really care about the macros and I, I know there will be people who disagree with this mm. but you know this is just my opinion
0: okay wonderful so that's what this show is dedicated to really the other information you know you can get the macros (laughs) wherever we look at the things you should be focusing on because we have limited brain power yeah every day we need to put in the right place so what do you think about you know when it comes to starters they always want to copy and paste they just want to ape another investor's portfolio so is there a difference between copy investing and mirror investing.
1: Right. So I think mirror investing is more of like uh, someone actually manages, uh, you put money into an account, someone manages the money for you directly. That's mirror trading. For copy trading, it's more of like you managing your own account. So whenever a fund manager, for example, says that he's buying this uh, particular stock, that's where you start copying his trading. The thing about copy trading is that, you know, there's a delay in information. For example, when a fund manager buys uh, a certain stock in the first month, only on the third month, that means every quarter, only then they will report, okay, I've bought uh, certain stocks. So there might be a delay. By the time the farm manager uh, has already purchased in the stock, only then you will know. So that's the thing about copy trading, so you, that you might be lagging behind due to uh, information delay. But for mirror trading, the farm manager, when at the time when he executes a trade for you, you will be part of the buying process so there'll be no time delay my personal opinion is that you know if you are new you don't have time to learn about investing it's fine leave your money to professionals and I think a lot of people have been talking about Warren Buffett uh, investing into Berkshire Hathaway stocks but for me personally I feel that the Berkshire Hathaway uh, fund is too big for Buffett to grow at 20% just like how he did in the past right if you look at his past uh, 5 years CAGR uh, or uh, compounded annual growth rate his fund hasn't been growing at 19 uh, to 20% uh, recently our community we have found this fund called the Terrace Me Fund uh, I'm not affiliated with them, just a disclaimer. Uh, I just found uh, Terry Smith to be a very good fund manager. I've watched his videos and I really like his philosophy. He's also a value investor and he focuses a lot on this concept called ROIC, Return on Invested Capital. So just to cut the chase short, I'm just going to tell you his performance. He has done 19.2% annualized returns since inception. Since his fund started, his fund has compounded at a rate of 19.2% every single year incredible and this chap is very very smart don't take my word for real I want you to go and take a look at his video. how do you spell his name? Terry T-E-R-R-Y yeah. and Smith S-M-I-T-H okay Terry Smith mm. so he operates this fund called the Smith Fund and I think you know he's, he really thinks like a buffer and I think if you want to you know just invest passively you want someone to do it for you go check Terry Smith out man <laughs> oh I'm definitely
0: doing that uh, we've only got two minutes left on the clock oh my goodness me what do you think of auto trades you know they're sort of um, services that help investors copy the trades of other successful retail investors
1: right i think for this kind of services you don't really know who is the person that is uh, helping you execute your trades you don't know who you're copying i really really not a believer of living things by chance uh, living things to luck so might as well you spend one to two days to find who are the top fund managers in the entire world and select them for yourself Honestly, because your money is hard earned, and you should only put it put your money with the best people.
0: You are so much fun to talk to. Thank you for the <laughs> gems of wisdom you throw our way. What a rich conversation with Jonathan Ang from 10X Capital, co-author of Expand Your Circle of Competence. This has been Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM.